Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. got together and, you know, in our discussions, we were talking about how it is that it it, it occasionally comes out that when they do polls of Catholics, they seem not to know what the Eucharist is. (laughs) I I don't understand how that really could be, but I think sometimes we presume um, those of us who are active practicing Catholics, um, priests and deacons, we presume as a matter of course that what we know, you, you must assuredly know, and then we forget actually to ever speak about it. So we wanted to speak this weekend about the Eucharist. It's the center of our, our Catholic faith. The doctrine of the church is this, that the Eucharist is both a sacrament and a sacrifice. So the sacrifice is the mass. And we eat, we partake of the sacrifice by the reception of Holy Communion. And it's Holy Communion that is the sacrament. The sacrament is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the words of consecration, prayed by an ordained minister, what was once bread and what was once wine is after that holy prayer, no longer bread, no longer wine, but the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Because of this, as St. Augustine says, no one receives the Eucharist without first having adored him. This is what we say at Mass. Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Now, the theologians delineate many effects of receiving Holy Communion. The remission of venial sin. Any venial sin that you have in the reception of communion because you receive the author of grace himself and are united to him, venial sins are blotted out. For mortal sins or grave sins, you have to come talk to one of us priests in that box over there. For venial sins, they're uh, washed away. Why would that be different? Uh, Holy Communion gives you an increase in sanctifying grace. An increase. That requires that you already be in sanctifying grace in order for it to be increased. 
Think of it in terms of multiplying. What's zero times 10? Still zero. <laughs> What's zero times a billion? Still zero. And so if we are not already in a state of grace and we come forward for the reception of Holy Communion, how much grace will we have by that communion? Zero. You must already be in good standing and not aware of having committed any serious sin. Okay, what's the preparation for, um, for Mass and Holy Communion? You know, sometimes it's waking up uh, 15 minutes late, uh, doing the quick duck in the, in the shower, throwing on the clothes and out the door while you furiously drive past people to try to get the Mass on time. We ought to actually prepare ourselves. Uh, we come to make visit with our King and our God. And so even if you're late, like don't let the anxiety of that worry you. The minute you wake up on a Sunday morning and you know that Jesus is about to come from heaven and make himself present to us under the forms of bread and wine, you should rise up from, from your bed with joy. My beloved one, I, I come. And you should start making these little acts of faith, little acts of love, little acts of hope all the way here. And then when we come into the church, not because there's some um, rule that says God doesn't like you to talk in here. Um, I rather don't think that he minds. Some people may be mad at me for saying that. I don't think that he cares. However, out of um, respect for others, we have to keep our voices quiet. And really, if we acknowledge that our King and God is the prisoner of the tabernacle, when we come in, I don't, I don't have anyone else to talk to but Jesus. He really is the most important thing. And so I'll catch up with Bob and Susie and Karen and Jim after Mass. Right now, my, my focus is on my Savior. Okay. Reception of Holy Communion. Hmm. There's some practical concerns that periodically pop up. Uh, we do it a little bit different here than we do at most parishes I've been at because we use the altar rail. And that sometimes causes confusion amongst people. So I want to give some clarity. Uh, you don't have to kneel. You're invited to if you want. If you wish to kneel, fine. Kneel. If you wish to stand, also fine. You can stand. If you wish to receive on the hand, fine. You may receive on the hand, whether you kneel or stand. And if you wish to receive on the tongue, also fine. You may receive on the tongue, whether you kneel or stand. All of those options and any of their combinations is never up to the priest or the deacon 
or an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. The choice is yours. You get to make that choice. So some practical things about communion on the hand, which I kind of regularly see. Uh, if you come to Father Keith and you stick out one hand, Father Keith is going to tell you two hands. I am not handing out crackers here. There must be some kind of reverence. The, the informal way in which we are going about communion shocks me. You ought to place one hand over the other. Not your hands together like this. Right? One hand over the other. Allow the minister to place the host in the palm of your hand. Do not try to snatch it from me. I call you body snatchers. Right? You're not going to get it from me. Allow me safely and calmly to place the host in your hand. Okay? Once you have the host, do not turn away from the minister in this kind of manner. I must see Jesus go into your mouth. Stand Put Jesus immediately into your mouth. I, I will let you know, I don't think from this Mass, but in the past several months, we have found eight hosts in the pews. So these practical things I'm bringing up, they really do matter. I'm not just being a, a curmudgeon. I must see Jesus go into your mouth. After you place your Savior into your mouth, please look at your hands it doesn't happen very often, but upon occasion, there will be particles of the host in the palm of your hands. Every particle of the host is Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, whole and entire. And if we are not careful, lest any, the smallest particle be lost, what actually happens is if there are particles, you brush them on your jeans, or they fall onto the ground. Take care, in case there are particles in your hands, that nothing of the Holy Eucharist is lost. Okay. If you're going to receive on the tongue, it's your choice, please open your mouth. I get the people who give me a slit like this and I feel like I'm trying to flick a disc in, into a small opening. Open your mouth, stick out your tongue. Uh, if you move, you know how hard it is to hit a moving target? It makes it more difficult. If, if you um, close your eyes, tilt your head a little bit, Open your mouth and stick out your tongue. I will get Jesus on your tongue every single time. Um, it does not bother me to touch your tongue. It happens. Right? It's, not the, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It might bother you, because unless you're the first person, yours might not be the first tongue I've touched. Hmm? So those are practical concerns to to take into account 
kind of how we're going about this. Okay. This doesn't happen too often, but I do see it. You're never to take the host and sign yourself with him. Just occasionally I see someone do this. That is not permitted. You're to pick Jesus up and immediately put him in your mouth. Okay, thanksgiving. I, I think we miss this. Um, when you return to your pew, for the next 10 or 15 minutes, you are as intimately united to Jesus as you can possibly be this side of heaven. Now's the time to talk to him. Um, Jesus appeared to um, a Spanish nun in a French convent of the Sacred Heart, Sister Josefa Menendez. And he said to her, tell me that you love me. That is what I best like to hear. And so we should. Of all the other things that we might speak to Jesus about in those moments, remember to tell Jesus that you love him. I, I think if we forget this piece, if we go years without telling our family members that we love them, uh, pretty soon all that's left is the little fights that we have. And we can grow kind of distant and even get cold in our, the very act of saying, I love you. It, it, it's not that Jesus needs to hear that. Uh, he's not needy in that sense. My heart needs to say it. If I want to fall head over heels in love with Jesus, if I want to stay head over heels in love with Jesus, I've got to say it from the depths of my heart. And in this moment, more than any other moment. And then I can thank him for all the things that he's given me. Or I can complain to him for all the things that I want. But to begin with love and to continue to speak to him for that next 10 to 15 minutes. So many graces are lost from Holy Communion because we do not talk to him. We do not stay. We do not pray. We've fulfilled our obligation and some few among us receive communion and rush out to the parking lot to beat the traffic, I suppose. Stay, pray, commune with your God. There's no other gift that we have that is more excellent than the Eucharist. And all the doctrines of the church, all these practical matters, all of our rules and regulations, they actually have a purpose to create an opportunity to be filled from on high with an intimate union with the only begotten Son. And every communion that we make gets us that much closer to heaven. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.